All right, good stuff. All right, hey everybody, Harry here. Welcome to another episode of The Unstarving Artist. So glad that you're here. Go ahead and uh, if this is the first time you're joining, what this uh, podcast is all about is creating a space to share fundamental tips about sales and marketing that help artists sell and market more of their artwork. So if you are just tuning in, we have this on a bunch of different platforms. We have it on YouTube. We have it on Substack. We have it on podcasts. If you like to watch the video, we recommend go ahead and subscribe on YouTube so you can get alerted every time that we go live. And if you prefer podcasts, you can just follow us on your favorite podcast app. In the past, I've been doing these episodes and giving general advice tips based on conversations I've been having with my clients who are artists and what I've been seeing in the art world. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to do a little bit of that as well normally, but we're also going to look at the marketing presence of an artist or two online and share feedback on where they're at and what they're doing. So if you're just tuning in and that sounds interesting to you, if you'd love to get some feedback on your marketing presence as an artist, whether that's your website, your Instagram, your Facebook, your LinkedIn, um, go ahead and just let me know in the comments below so that I can add you to the list. And we have, if we have time today, we'll take a look at your marketing presence and give you some good advice on that front. So that's going to be the main theme of today's episode is the power and benefit of feedback. Okay, so if you're a new artist, think about it like this. From my perspective, you're trying to sell more of your work, trying to turn it into an art business. Really, your number one, your first objective is to let people know about yourself and what you're doing. Okay, what's that saying? If a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? If someone's an artist, but no one knows that you're an artist, they're not going to be able to buy your work. They're not going to be able to invest in you. They're not going to be able to follow you and get to a point where they're comfortable becoming a collector. In practice, that means that you should spend a material amount of time on promoting yourself and your artwork. A lot of artists that are new, they spend most of their time on the art itself, which is fantastic, right? That's what you love to do. It's your craft. It's what got you into this. And if you just want to be an artist for your own sake, just for your own enjoyment, then you can do that indefinitely. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's just if you want to sell your work. If you want to sell your work, you need to spend some time on promotion. And so that means in practice that half your time minimum, if not more, is on promotion when you're starting out, which sounds like a lot and it sounds probably going to feel awkward or feel different because it's not what maybe has gotten you into wanting to sell your work uh, or wanting to make an income from your work. But it's a hat that you have to put on and wear in order to accomplish those goals. So if you're full-time, if this is what you're doing full-time, think about spending four hours or so a day, if not more, when you're starting out on getting your marketing in order, getting your promotional presence in order until you're generating leads and have made some sales. As a friendly reminder, I've talked about this before. It sounds simple, but I think it's a really powerful idea. People at the end of the day, they buy from other people. People buy from people. So if you want income from your art, you have to get people to freely give you their money in exchange for your work. So in order to have people be willing to give you their money in exchange for their work, you have to be open to their feedback. You have to basically put what you had to offer out in front of them and get that feedback, whether that feedback is positive, negative, neutral, so on and so forth. And then we want to make adjustments based on that feedback. So you can't improve to the point of making sales until you've got people giving you feedback. Many of us have been conditioned to dislike feedback. 
We do everything in our power to avoid honest feedback. Many times when we ask for feedback, we actually don't truly want feedback. Instead, what we really want is affirmation. We want a pat on the back. We want kudos that we are doing the right thing or we're, we feel good. We want to feel good about what we're doing. And that's why it's sometimes hard to get feedback that's actionable, that's helpful, that is not just focused on making us feel good in the short term. There's actually a really good book on this exact topic. It's called The Mom Test. And it's got a really funny subtitle. The subtitle is How to Talk to Customers and Learn If Your Business is a Good Idea When Everyone is Lying to You. That sounds hard, but the author, who's Bob Fitzpatrick, if you want to pick up this book or take a look at this book, he's getting at it from a, that people do this from a place of care. They want to be nice to you, just like your mom might, right? If you came home and showed your mom some art that you made, right? She immediately wants to put it on the fridge and celebrate it and give you kudos and affirm you in what you're doing. And today, a lot of people, when we ask for feedback, they have that sort of energy and that sort of vibe when they're sharing with us. And so we have to sometimes figure out how to ask the right questions, talk to them in the right way, reassure them that they can be open and honest and give us constructive feedback. And so if you need some tips on how to do that, that's a great book that helps you do that. We also want to think about how people can give feedback in multiple different ways. So one way people give feedback is in what they say, right? Their words, but often their actions, what they do is much more powerful, much more effective, much more useful feedback. So for example, if somebody says that they absolutely love your work and they think it's worth thousands, but when you ask them to invest or purchase, they pull back then the words aren't matching the behavior, right? There's a disconnect there. And it doesn't mean that words aren't helpful. The words still are helpful, but the most valuable feedback is actually asking for the sale and seeing if somebody says yes or not. If they say yes, no matter what their words are, then that's the strongest sign that people see value in you and what you're doing and move forward. If they don't say yes and they don't invest, they don't purchase, then no matter how many nice things they say, there's something missing. There's something, some disconnect where it's not translating enough to them being an actual collector, okay? And so these are some tips on recognizing when basically feedback is overly nice or they're trying to tell us what we want to hear to affirm us. But that's not the only way that feedback can be messy and confusing. On the flip side, you know, not all feedback is going to be positive or affirming. A lot of times, even if it's uh, on the other side, it's not necessarily constructive. It's not helpful. It can be rude. It can be overly personal. It can be messy in a lot of different ways. And so when we get that messy feedback, that can be no fun. And if you've ever gotten that sort of feedback, sometimes it can be taken so personally, it can hurt, it can be frustrating that we don't ever want to put ourselves out there and get feedback again. So I want to encourage you, if you've gotten messy feedback in the past, don't take it personally. And don't let that stop you from getting good feedback from people in the future. Okay, it's so helpful that I would hate for that to happen. And then last but not least, even if the feedback is genuinely sincere, genuinely from a good place, and it's purely constructive and helpful, it can still make us feel awkward and uncomfortable. So if you're looking to get feedback yourself, if you're looking to give feedback, give better feedback, there's a great acronym 
ASK, A-S-K, for feedback, and it stands for actionable, specific, and kind. So I'm going to unpack that and explain those three different things. And so this is going to be a good mental model for you to give other artists that you know and communicate with and work with, give them better feedback and also receive feedback better as well. But before I unpack that, the first thing that's a really good tip before giving feedback is to ask the other person, hey, are you open to some feedback here? Are you looking for somebody to just listen or are you looking for feedback? And that's a really good way to check in with somebody first to make sure that they're open to what you're saying. Because a lot of times if we just give feedback, but they're not really open to hearing it, then it doesn't do anybody any good. So always ask if people are open to feedback first before you go ahead and give that. So let's, let's break this down. Actionable, specific, and kind. So actual means that it's something that they have agency over, they can control. Something that they can do something about or stop doing something and change it. If you're giving feedback on something that's out of the control, part of their physical characteristics or things like that, or something that's beyond their scope, it's out of their control, like something that another company or organization does or so on and so forth, then it's not really actionable and it's not something that they can leverage up into place. So always make sure that your feedback is actionable. Then specific. So specific would be just like it sounds. The more specific it can be, the easier it is for the person to hear it, to understand the suggestion and make an improvement on it. And then kind. So kind is in contrast to nice. So nice is often more about affirming how somebody feels in the short term, being even if that feedback isn't honest or direct. And kind is more saying, hey, I actually care so much about you. I care about you and your long-term flourishing that I'm not going to, that I'm going to give you honest, direct, constructive feedback. Doesn't mean that you're going to be rude or harsh, but direct and transparent so that it's clear the feedback that you think they need to hear to be helped. This definition of kind, it's not a license to be rude or brash or hard. And so don't take it as that. But sometimes we have a tendency to be more nice instead of kind in that way. So if you can do those three things, actionable, specific, and kind, and the person's open and receptive to your feedback, they're going to be really grateful and you're going to give them a lot of value and help them out. And so if you can practice that in your own interactions, your own relationships, you should see other people be able to reciprocate that back and give that back to you. Now, even when you know about this, you're still going to get messy feedback from people. But the more you look to make feedback actual, specific, and kind, you can ask them questions or interact with them or just unpack the messy feedback and try to identify, is there anything actionable about it? Is there anything specific? And, and basically try to polish it up and make it less messy and take that upon yourself. The longer we put off getting feedback from people, developing the emotional resiliency to handle it, to take what's valuable and discard what's not, the slower our progress will be. Because remember, at the end of the day, people buy from people. So if you want to get income from your art, you have to put yourself out there in front of people, get their feedback, and then make adjustments as a result. So what we want to do, if you struggle with feedback, struggle with receiving feedback, if you don't actively seek it out, I want to give you a nice mental exercise where you can reframe feedback in a more positive and helpful light. If you have a less than stellar relationship with feedback. So 
anytime someone gives you feedback, whether it's messy or helpful or not, in your head, hear the word ka-ching. Just the sound of a cash register. A few old tiny cash registers, you open them up and a bell rings. The sound of a cash register going off. And so why are we doing this? What I want you to do is basically associate feedback with the fact that, oh, there's about to be some nugget, some wisdom, something I can learn from this that will help me make more income, be more successful, whatever the definition of success you have, be more successful in the short term and in the long term, if I can be open to this feedback. Okay? So that's an incredibly powerful reframe. If you can attach those in your mind, it's going to pay massive dividends over your career as an artist. The other reframe I want to encourage you to do is reframe feeling awkward and uncomfortable. A lot of us, myself included, I struggle with this. We don't want to feel awkward. We don't want to feel uncomfortable. Uh, We want to be in our comfort zone. We want to stick to what we know, what we are good at. And so when we get uncomfortable, we retreat back into it. So instead of retreating from discomfort, you want to train yourself to see that every time you let yourself be in an awkward or an uncomfortable situation, you're about to learn something new and unlock a new level of success and growth in your life. And if you can do that, you can attach those two things together. Oh, uncomfortableness is growth. Uncomfortableness is becoming a new version of myself, learning something new about myself. Then your goal should be to be uncomfortable. That should be your explicit goal, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and chasing that out. Okay, this is such a powerful idea. And I remember I learned it when I was younger and I was learning how to code. I was learning software engineering and I was in a program where we were learning so fast that every time I felt like I had a chance to catch my breath, I got comfortable with something. We were on to the next thing, on to learning something new and I was uncomfortable again. And we were doing it at such a short time, about three months. By the second time this happened, I said, oh, I've been here before. I know this feeling. Just because I feel this way doesn't mean anything wrong. Actually, it means that I'm about to break through to the next level in my learning and in my growth in that specific arena. Okay. So these are some tips on reframing feedback. Reframe feedback in this way, and it's going to be massively valuable to you. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to shift gears and I'm going to take a look at an artist that's in our audience and our community. Last episode, I asked, hey, does anybody out there want some feedback on their art presence, on their marketing, so on and so forth? So we're going to take a look at that now. If you're just tuning in, if you've got your own marketing presence, you've got either a website, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, you name it, you want some advice on how you're structuring what you're doing, let me know in the comments and we'll get you in the queue and we'll, if we do this again, you'll be at the top of the list for us to write that down and give you some feedback. Okay. So I'm going to try to share my screen. I haven't done this before. We'll see how this works. Share a screen window. There we go. Share. Then do this. Awesome. Okay, cool. So we'll try this out. So Yes. So this is not a client of mine. This is somebody that's just in our general audience. Claudia, say hi. Thank you so much for letting us break down and give you some tips and suggestions. And so this is really the first time I'm looking at her marketing presence and giving her, giving some advice here. Okay. For those who are just listening in, what I'm doing is I'm sharing my screen. I'm looking at her Instagram. So if you want to get the full benefit of this, see if you can find the video version of this and you can also follow along. If 
the resolution is low, if you can't see on the text, let me know in the comments. I might try to improve that in the future. It's a little bit hard to do on live streams. Just do your best to follow along and I'll try to explain it and talk about what I'm looking at at any given time. Okay, let's first off just talk about her Instagram. The reason I want to start with Instagram is because that's what we focus on primarily in our communities with our artists is helping them set up their Instagram marketing presence. Way to recognize is that, yes, you can have a website, you can have a Facebook, you have a LinkedIn, you can have all these different things. But I've never seen an artist not have success because they're not on multiple places. In other words, you only need one place, one, one source of leads, one predictable way to get in touch with people. And you need to do that well in order to get leads and get an audience and grow from there. So let's start out with the top of her bio here. So first off, the handle here. And I think this is fine. Flow Art by Claudia. If she's going to go by a single name like that, Claudia, then yeah, that works fine. The thing that I typically recommend is just having your full name. Because again, people want to buy from people. You already want people to know your name. They want You want them to know who you are. There's no need to add another brand, something else that uh, they have to work to remember and translate and map onto you and what you're doing. Instead of having like kind of a custom brand name, like Flow Art by Claudia, I would, that would be the one small tip is just to have your full name here. So let's look at her bio next. Professional visual artist, original piece for wholesale prices, any piece and open for commissions, no NFTs. My art brings life and beauty anywhere. So a lot of this copy here is very much focused on what Claudia's goals are, what her desires are, right? So she wants to let people know she's got original pieces for sale at affordable wholesale prices, and she's open for commissions, but not NFTs. What I would encourage her to do is to rethink this text here as an opportunity to speak to her audience and their desires and make more of a first impression. So if somebody's landing on her profile for the first time, they don't know her, they're a stranger, the call to action here should be more about getting them to follow her. What's the benefit of following her or yeah, paying attention to what she's got going on? So if you think about a funnel, at the top of the funnel, you want to basically turn people into leads or get people interested in what you're doing. For the sake of this conversation, let's call a follower a lead, more or less. It's, there's a spectrum to leads, so that's not necessarily the best definition. But let's just say we've got followers up there that we want to convert people to followers. And then once they're followers, they're more likely to become a buyer. The odds somebody isn't a follower that they just land on this page and they want to buy right away, very slim. So the copy in her bio here, she's trying to basically do too much at once. It's rushing the relationship, condensing the relationship. And if you want to get new people, you want to get new strangers to follow you, this is actually going to be working against your ability to do that. Oh, and by the way, so as I mentioned earlier about the actual specific and kind feedback, I'm going to do my best to do that, give actual and specific and kind feedback. If I give some messy feedback here and there, I apologize, or I'll do my best to not do that. So just uh, if you need to, you can untangle that and extract any nuggets of wisdom as needed. So next, I'm going to look at her profile photo here. With the profile photo, I like that it's a photo of her face. I like that she's smiling. I like that you can see her face clearly. A lower resolution photo. So I would encourage her to get a bit higher resolution photo. The lighting looks like it's there's no natural lighting and it's dark. So I would also encourage like having a, nat- a source of natural light. And you don't need a fancy camera. You can just use a modern day smartphone and that would actually be a nice level up. It's not the end of the world, but it would definitely make you come across more professional. And all those little professional details 
are what add up to increase the perceived value and get people to feel like your your work is worth instead of $200, $2,000 or whatever you're looking to ask for. Okay. So next, let's look at some of the content here. Most of the content here on her profile is what's called in situ photos. So these are when you have these different mock-up designs. They're online and you can basically project your artwork into a room, like into a bedroom, into a sitting room, so on and so forth. And some of these are getting 15 likes, 9 likes, 11 likes, 10 likes, 10, 13, 11, 10. This one here really blew up. 988 likes. So the first thing I would encourage Claudia to do is to go through her content here and calculate an engagement rate for her content. The way you would do that is you would take the number of likes and comments, saves and shares you've gotten on a post and divide it by, in this case, since these are image posts, you divide it by the number of followers that you have. And that would give you an engagement rate. If it's reels, you would divide them by the number of plays you got on the reel. And so we'd want to basically see which of these pieces of content, she's got a lot of content, has gotten the most engagement. And if any of them have gotten a 5% engagement rate or more, we'd want to dissect those and see what do we think about those led to that sort of outcome, that sort of engagement rate. And then we can do more of that content. That's all there is to the Instagram algorithm is that you want to basically do what's engaging, do what the algorithm is pushing out there because it's finding that people are responding possibly to that content. If you want to get your content in front of strangers, people that don't know you right now, the number one way to do that is to use reels as a tool. Instagram still shows images to people, but it doesn't show images as much to strangers. It shows them predominantly to your existing audience. Okay. So that would be one of my biggest feedbacks is to start working in reels into your content. And then my next piece of feedback would be to do content that has you, Claudia, in it as well. Okay. So the thing is people want to buy from other people. They will only buy from you if they know and trust you as a person. So if we're artists, a lot of time we think that the art should stand on its own. That if the art is good enough, then people want to buy it just for the art's sake. It's not exactly how collectors think. Collectors want to feel like they have a connection to the artist, that they know and trust you. They resonate with your story. They resonate with your why. They resonate with what you care about as an artist. Okay? And they can't get to that point where they feel that way if they don't get to know you and get to interact with you. So that would be another huge piece of feedback is to give people the opportunity to get to know you, build a relationship with you. And that's going to make a huge difference as well. All right. So there's more that we could definitely unpack here, but that would be my two biggest pieces of feedback on her content. The next thing is she's got 2,800 followers, which is fantastic. That's actually really good. If these are all organic, genuine followers, kudos to you to have grown that so far. If you have by chance invested in purchasing followers or any of these are bots or things like that. If you've done anything that violates Instagram's community guidelines, this is tough feedback to hear. 
But usually the best move at that point is to actually start with a fresh account because Instagram can pick up on that, that you've done that. And then they will sometimes artificially limit your reach on content going forward. I have no evidence that you've done this. I'm accusing you of this at all. But just hypothetically, if that were the case, we'd want to keep that in mind. If this is a genuine organic following, I would encourage you to reach out to the people that are engaging the most on your works. For example, the people that left these comments, people that left likes, and I'd really reach out to them and DM with them one-on-one and invite them to get on calls with you. If you DM with people one-on-one, you get on little video calls with them. That's a great way to build that rapport, build that relationship. And not everybody you do that with will become a collector. Not at all, actually. Just a percentage will. And probably very few will when you're starting out because you don't know how to have those conversations and advance them in a predictable way. But that is the key to going from all the sort of positive engagement to actual collectors. This is a the big disconnect a lot of artists miss is that they're waiting and hoping that people just magically reach out to them and say, hey, I want to buy your work. Or they magically go to the website and check out on their own. When you're a new business owner, you're starting things out. You want to take a little bit more proactive stance and go out there and build those relationships, draw people in. And it doesn't mean you have to push people at all. You just basically will advance somebody as far as they're comfortable going. And if you advance a lot of people, then statistically, some people be comfortable going all the way and becoming a collector with you. Okay. So that's my feedback for Claudia's Instagram. Let's take a look briefly at Google, Facebook, and LinkedIn as well. So I searched for her name on Google, and it looks like there's some other people that have her exact name on Google as well. Not the end of the world at all. There can definitely be multiple people with the same name. If there isn't somebody with the same name, then I would just use your own name as your personal brand. If there is a lot of other people with the same name, that's the only time I would think about maybe making an adjustment to be known by something else so that people get in the habit of searching for that same thing over and over again. Alternatively, you can come in and create content that ranks higher than what she has, these other Claudia's have here, so that you can show up as well, or just create content in general that should match on the search term. In an ideal world, if someone just types your name into Google, you should absolutely be coming up on the first page and at the top of the page for those searches. So here we have a page on Facebook. This page is just called Flow Art, and I'm certain this is the same, Claudia. So if you are going to have pages on different sites across the internet, you want to have a consistent marketing presence, a consistent brand. So here it's just called Floward, but on Instagram, it's called Flowart by Claudia. And then on her LinkedIn, it's just her personal brand, which makes sense, which makes total sense. I'm not going to go into a ton of detail. I could absolutely do that, break things down on these other pages. But if you were to have other pages, again, my feedback would be, to make things as consistent as possible so you have a nice cohesive presence across them. But you really don't need to. It's much better to go deep on one channel, make it really hum for you, make it work really well, then worry about spreading yourself too thin across a bunch of different sites. Okay? So that is it for today's episode. That was a lot of fun. I'm always excited and uh, enjoy giving feedback and helping people get some tips on their artwork. So if you found some of these tips helpful, go in and subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can also follow us on your favorite podcast app. Okay, we're on Apple, Spotify, you name it, all those awesome places. And if you are interested in working more closely with me, 
If you want this sort of advice and personalized help on your own business, maybe in a more private setting, then I want you to feel comfortable to book a call with me. There'll be a link below this. There'll be a link below this in the show notes where you can book a call. You can also look at the QR code that's on the screen right now. Working with me in this way, closely like this, it is a four-figure investment. So if you're not in a place to do that, no worries at all, but just don't book a call at this time. But if you are in a place for that, if you're serious about where you're at, you want some help with your pricing, your Instagram, your lead generation, your content, um, having better sales conversations and getting more people saying yes and investing with you, definitely I encourage you to book a call um, today or tomorrow. Book a call this week. On that call, we'll connect and talk about your personal situation. I'll share some tips and we'll discuss if it's a mutual fit or together. And if not, no worries at all. We can, we can part as friends. Okay. But if that's not you, if you're not a place for that sort of investment, I also want to help you and I want to support you as well. So you may not know, but we've recently come out with a book called The Unstarving Artist Book. And it's been fantastic. The reception's been really positive. We've sold over almost 300 books at this point in time and out for about a week and a half, maybe something like that. And so definitely check that out if you're in that position. It's only 27 bucks. It also comes with eight bonuses and more. It's got some mini courses, some handouts, some cheat sheets, templates. So just click on this link or and it's in the show notes or take a look at the QR code that's on the screen and pick up a copy. I think you're going to find that's going to be super helpful. It's going to be very organized. So if you like this sort of advice that I've been giving here, it's going to break down all of our methods. Nothing's held back. You can learn all of that and then start to apply that in your business and benefit from it on your own. And then later, if you've had some success, you can come and we can work together. Okay. So thanks so much again for tuning in. It's been another great episode. We'll be back soon with some more tips and advice. And again, if you like the sort of feedback, if you want feedback in this setting, let me know in the comments. Share a link to your art practice, your website, so on and so forth. And we'll do a break into that. Claudia didn't have a website, so we didn't look at that, but that could be fun. If somebody has a website, we can actually take a look at and break down some suggestions and advice on it in the future. Okay. So thanks so much and have a great day and we'll talk soon. Bye.